Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome back to Clarity, where we discuss the ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. And today, hopefully you won't judge us as we talk about God's judgment, uh, what that may mean to us in our minds, and hopefully you're going to hear a picture of judgment that is refreshing, that is going to relax you, that is likely different than if you're out of faith or out of Christianity or out of whatever theistic faith you may be, I've been in, this idea may be better to you than when what you rejected. But um, before we get into that, how are you doing today, Ruben? Good, man. Uh, Monday, uh, it's always a good day to start, like creative flows and, yeah. and also like organize the week. Right now in this uh, situation that we're living in, staying at home and yeah, dude, it's becoming the new normal. Literally, like I feel that life is not going to be the same for me after this, and yeah, for good, I guess for good. I feel that uh, there are so many opportunities that we have by uh, staying at home and also working and ministering from home. I, I I've been blessed by that, man, for sure. Oh, I've loved it. You know, Scout, um, our little. Our little two-year-old pit bull is she's in her glory. Um, <laughs> she wants us to never end, I'm sure. Shelly's actually not home today, but she's been home every day, and I've loved it. Um, she's That's awesome. It's her day to clean out her classroom. Oh, nice. Which is kind of like a bittersweet thing. Um, yeah. But fortunately, the school is being extremely careful, and they're like, um, there's only one person in each building cleaning out their classrooms at a mm-hmm. time during a period, and so she's out there doing that, loading mm-hmm. up the, the RAV4. Huh. Bro, uh, I, I don't know if I shared uh, last time because What's I up? think this is only the second week. Oh, yeah. That I, had a, I have a new dog. I have a, yes! I have a puppy. Did I mention it? I don't think I ever mentioned I it in the podcast. I think they know. I obviously know. You guys, you should know. I have a dog. Cassie and I decided to be dog parents. And we have a beautiful husky. She's five months old. Kind of like a rescue, uh, and she her name is Nala. She's amazing. I mean, we've been training training her, asking Rich and Shelly to give us some advice about how to deal with dogs and stuff. But it's been amazing. I, I really appreciate uh, the time that I have home uh, for the most mm. part. She's right now chilling in the floor, like <laughs> belly up, and Aww. just like I think that's a sign of trust, I guess. Yeah, uh, and. She's just chilling right out here in the floor. She doesn't fart like Scout, but sometimes she does fart. Uh, <laughs> but there, sometimes I guess dogs be dogs be dogs. Dogs be dogs. Scout's actually chilling right now behind me. She's doing this thing she does where she has her paws extended all the way out, and her neck is kind of backed in, and she's just put dripping her face all on the floor and just chilling like that. All right. So anyway. You hopefully have great visuals. Nala is, don't tell Scout, but she's definitely prettier than than Scout. Really, Nala is awesome. Man. We should she, put some like uh, pictures in the show notes. I think the people deserve it. Yeah. Um. Well, if not the show notes, so definitely be on social media. Yeah. Hint, hint, wink, wink. I mean, anyway. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I've been, I've been really critical with people that they just got a dog and they started posting like pictures <laughs> about the dog. And yeah. now I'm that person, you You're know, but I'm guy, trying bro. to. No, no, I'm not. I actually realized like, I, I said like, wow, Cassie, maybe I'm posting too many like stories. And 
uh, mm-hmm. about the dog and maybe you should stop. And then I did stop. So I was like, it's a really big deal for me, but for people probably just one or two pictures or two videos, it's enough, but a lot, uh, not, not more, not more. I'm putting a stop there. Probably one every once every two weeks or something. Uh, but yeah, I'll put some stuff for Nala too. Hey, Ruben. You, yes. you don't have to keep this. You can edit this out, but um, am I am I that guy? You am are I, not. Am I your negative example, Ruben? No, you're not. <laughs> are you just saying that? No. <laughs> I, I actually never I, do it. I mean, now that I think of it, you do it, but <laughs> but I that, you were not in my mind. You were not in my mind when I was saying those words. So stay stay assured. Pinky promise. I was not. I was not trying to throw like a, like a indirect, yeah, stuff. Like, indirect no. shade. Indirect, yeah. Don't well, worry, you're good. Whatever. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. And who cares what I think? I mean, I'm just a human being in this world, and my opinion is not that important. So, but I was not thinking about you. Don't worry, you're, you're safe. Right. In fact, no one should be listening to this podcast because our opinions don't. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into it, dude. Uh, yeah, we can it. we can talk for hours. We talked for half an hour before this. Um, oh yeah. So today that should have been that should have been an episode too. You know, I mean, if people want to hear that, we can start recording those and then doing the whole <laughs> Patreon ransom deal. Yeah, that's yeah, what we should like, do for pictures of our dogs, bro. Oh, we'll be millionaires. No, yeah. I'm just <laughs> for real. Like people just put Google Husky and then that's it. You know, they, they can no Husky puppy. No. And, and, also, and, and just like Patreon is awesome. Like I think we should start something and we should provide like back, like our real, our real uh, opinions in Patreon, you know, like they're like locked behind a paywall. Oh, not the, not the fake ones. We give one. <laughs> no, yeah, I understand. Not, not, like not really like keep these it fake real. Ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not like this fake one. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> let's go. Let's go, man. Okay. 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 So, Ruben and audience and everybody, um, when you hear or read or say the word judgment, I just want you to close your eyes and just picture, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. If you're chopping vegetables or fruit or anything else, don't close your eyes, but otherwise, find a way I mean, to you concentrate. Can. You can. You can. Don't. Don't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> Wear a can. mask and don't close your eyes driving. I will, I'll be bold enough to say that. You don't need a Patreon wall for that opinion. All right. Um, okay. When you hear that, judgment, what do you think of? I think of a judge like sitting there in a high place with a, like, what do you call it? A mallet? Is that what it is? Gavel. A gavel. Like, I thought it was a mallet, like, whatever. It, it is a mallet, but it's called a gavel. Oh, the gavel. Okay. The gavel. I learned something today. And I think like a, big old guy like uh with like glasses and mm. white hair mm-hmm. uh, black robe mm-hmm. and looking like he's mad mm. and like in that really unfair criminal system like uh, ju- like like we have here in the US. oh like one where <laughs> a white man can rape a woman behind a dumpster oh, and get i i uh, actually a was thinking shorter amount of time than we've been in quarantine that kind of judgments judgment uh, System. I was actually thinking. I was actually thinking on a white judge. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I know. I don't know why we always the, oh, when you when you the, think about the kind a judge. of justice system where a guy can get killed while running and the case is not charges aren't pressed until there's huge public outcry. 
that kind of justice system? Ah, oh, man. Don't get me started there. Okay. It's- okay. Um, so American courtroom is basically what you're talking about. Some people, uh, you know, when I hear judgment, I think of social settings. I think of settings in which particularly I have said done, or done something foolish. Um, you know, that there can be times when that keeps me up at night, the, the, the foolish things I've done before and how people mm-hmm. think of me and I'm like, dude, this isn't healthy. This isn't healthy. Mm-hmm. And what people think is not, this is not that important. Do we all make mistakes? But yeah, I think of that, of judgment, of being thought of disfavored uh, in society. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and theology-wise, when unfortunately, when we, people think of judgment, you may have thought of a singular divine entity, perhaps a large white man um, mm. with a long white beard um, mm. with angry face sitting on a throne that's half a mile tall and looking down on you with that same face that Reuben's judge had looking to disqualify you from heaven. Well, wow. when we take these pictures of judgment or even uh, you can think of judgment as if you do the right thing, you're off, you get a good judgment. And if you do the wrong thing, Get a bad judgment. Well, here's a Psalm fifty four, Psalm fifty four, verses one and two, um, from David. From David, save me, O God, by Thy name, and judge me by Thy strength. Hear mm. my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. Um, it's just like what did I, did I did Rich typo the verse there? Did he read? judge when he should have read deliver like what's going on here david is saying judge me right uh, that's a potential by the way we're doing clear truths now this is that series we're continuing um david says judge me he wants judgment he wants that as he's been craving it you know yeah like he's been he's saying lord please give ear to the words of my mouth like he's been waiting right like yeah, he's been and, asking and I, for it and I don't know if you checked, but this psalm, it says like, you know, when the Siphites came and said to Saul, it's not David hiding himself among us. Like, mm. he, he's, be, he's being actually in, in a really difficult spot. Persecuted. Yeah. And, and when he's in a difficult spot, he's not afraid to say, judge me. Mm. Yeah. It's interesting. So why would he be confident in saying that? Is David confident in his ability to be judged? And well, let's, let's talk about defining terms um yeah. so yeah let's, let's put our greek and hebrew in in practice i guess absolutely dude so uh ruben can you can you t- tell me about matthew 7 1 what does that say uh judge not and you'll be judged is that what it says I, I, that's I, what I, it I'm says judge not and you shall not be judged and when it says that um that word used in greek is krino Crino. Crino is very similar to our English word for judge or judgment in that they both can have a meaning um, that goes on two different ends of the spectrum. When we gave our examples, we all use negative examples. A judge being judged or having judgment on you was something you did not want, it seems, because each and every time that was used, the judgment was used in the negative. Um, yeah, so but, you, uh, but I, I feel that that comes because of the misuse of power that some people have, and mm. uh, sometimes, sometimes in, in our human setting, in our yeah. human setting, sure, uh, we we have a, like abuse of authority when you have the power yes. to exercise it, 
and judgment, unfortunately, is used in a negative connotation because the higher power always exercises, when convenient, the power to condemn uh, instead of the power to vindicate. And usually when you go to court, it's not because you are innocent, but because you actually need to prove yourself that, that you are innocent. And and that gives a lot of stress in the whole process of judgment. Yeah. Mm, it's yeah, we're it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Um yeah. but okay. It's so supposed to. Very good. So two two words you, you put out there. Um judgment can mean either condemnation or vindication. Condemnation mm-hmm. is finding guilty. Vindication is finding innocent or finding yep. in favor for. A judge can do either one. Judgments can be a positive or negative judgment in English, in Greek, and in Hebrew. And so, and that's that's how it actually is. We suss that out um, homil- uh, exegetically. And there's something very interesting because of our, our biases, because of fallen humanity, Ruben, because um, we are used to judgment being in the negative. We're used to judgment meaning condemnation. And we, as you as you've mentioned, we import that. We import the American justice system into our view of how God just judges us. We when we import, read the verse that speaks about judgment, yeah. Yes. When we, yes. And so here is, I've found and discovered, and David Hamstra is a, is a really poignant Adventist thinker. He has his THD from Andrews University. He's back uh, serving as a pastor in, um, in Canada. And I got to interact with him a little bit when I was there at Andrews. And he helped Roy Gain with a class on the sanctuary doctrine. And he got to do a guest lecture and we did so. He talked about Zechariah 3. And man, oh man, that stuff blew my mind. And so I've done some personalization and working with the material he shared. But let's talk about Zechariah 3, Ruben. This is a biblical example that shows us with crystal clarity what God looks like and how he wants to judge us. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, would you like to re- read that for us? Like right at three or I can do it either way. Sure. I mean, it says, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clear turban on his head. So they put a clear turban on his head, and they put a cloth on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Wow. Okay. So there's a lot of imagery here. And Zechariah, there's a lot of imagery. Yep. Zechariah is thick with imagery. Um, there's references to, um, in, in the verbiage used here, that have meanings that we can miss. And so we're going to spend a little time trying to show us the meaning here. And, and and it's it's one of those books that we usually don't uh, read. <laughs> it's true. We usually don't read Zechariah. Uh, whenever I preach on this passage, and I like to, um, if I'm ever going to preach anywhere, Reuben, and um, you're like, oh, 
separate. Like one time we talked about me coming and preaching at Ashboro English. I would have preached this sermon, ma'am. And every time I do it, uh, people are like, well, the reader's like, wow, haven't read Zechariah in a while. Yep. Meaning probably never. Um, <laughs> but, wow. Uh, You're judging people. You're judging people right now. I mean, you know, I certainly hadn't, didn't take the time to read Zechariah devotionally before having this shown to me. Um, but even then, actually, I tried to do it a little bit when I was listening to you. When with the there was a Sabbath school quarterly on minor prophets, mm. Zechariah was pretty good. But so Zechariah three is about how God judges His people. Okay, the high priest represents God's people. That's how that works in Leviticus. From that framework that God set in in Exodus and Leviticus, and on end was used throughout. And what is supposed to be for them a model showing them how He looks at them. And how he, what he does to bring them near to him. And so the sanctuary should be understood to be a place in which God is working to bring his people, not further, but nearer to him, okay? And so Joshua, as high priest, represents God's people and how he wants to bring them nearer to him. And the phrase used to describe where Joshua is is that he is standing um, before the Lord or in the presence of the Lord in Hebrew. And so being before the Lord, that would only truly take place once a year within the system of the sanctuary. You know when that would be, Reuben? Mm, say again? Do you know what the only time the high oh, priest yeah. Oh, would yeah, be? the atonement. Yeah, the day of atonement. The Yom Kippur, day of atonement, yeah. a day of forgiveness, a day of completion, a day of clearing the record and making a finalization of forgiveness. Scout is sniffing, and I'm suspicious of her. Ooh. Sit. Sit. Good girl. <laughs> Good baby. Okay, back to teaching. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm in my teacher mode, too. So, in the presence of the Lord, that's, so that's what day it is, right? And so, for him to do this, he would have had to undergone a serious, like if it was the actual David Holman ceremony, a serious ritual cleansing, man. Um, there would have been a bull killed just to purify the high priest, right? And so here he is, and is he pure? In Zechariah 3, verse 3, Joshua is clothed with filthy garments. His garments are filthy. His garments are disgusting. And her garments, the term filthy, as you may be aware, refers basically to the fact that they are covered in fecal matter, um, whether of him or likely it'd be the fecal matter of livestock. So instead of, it's almost like instead of the sacrifices making pure, he's more defiled. So he's a defiled, unclean person and he is before the Lord and there is, a, there is an accuser, there is someone opposing him. Um, so this does not look good for Joshua and things do not look good here for the people. Mm-hmm. Um the ritual purity was so important that if that they would attach bells around the waist of the high priest so that if he were to have uh, sins unconfessed before God and come before his presence, he would perish in God's presence. So they had the bells so that if they heard the bells go and knew that he fall, they could pull him out. Like there was, yeah. Sin does not live in the presence of God. 
So here you go. This is being violated, Reuben. And so what does God do about it? Does he, does he kill Zechar, uh, Joshua? Does he strike him down and they have to pull Joshua out with a rope? Is that what happens? Nope. Tell me about it. Well, he removes iniquity from him and he clothes mm-hmm. him with uh, like really rich, expensive uh, clothing. So he does the complete opposite of what we would think he would do. Um, okay, let me, let me, I want you to take this from here after. Would you, do you want to explain the court scene differences here? Um, explain to me, like, judge, the role of judge, defense lawyer, and prosecuting lawyer in a court of law in the United States. Well, there's a judge, there's, uh, it's supposed to be impartial <laughs> with a jury. Uh, there's also uh, a lawyer that it's supposed to be there for you. And there's also a prosecuting lawyer that is supposed to be against you. Yep. Sure. Which of these elements do we find in Zechariah 3? Well, we see that there's a person that is judged and there's a person that it's trying to find you guilty, you know, trying to catch. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. But there's no defense lawyer that you could see, right? Apparently not. Yes. Apparently not. Plainly not. Yeah. Not not plainly. Correct. Here's the interesting thing. In the ancient Near East, and this is something David Hamstrom shared that blew my mind, the judge would be looking for a way to find you innocent. That was their role. So that was their culture. Yes. And the accuser would be looking for a way to find you guilty. And uh, so here's an observation. Too often we picture God as the accuser. Or we serve ourselves as the accuser for others. But instead, in the ancient Near East, and clearly here in Zechariah 3, the judge is rebuking the accuser. But here's the thing also, like, uh, if we take this uh, example and we apply it to our lives today, um, I mean, we know God is impartial and God is justice as well mm-hmm. itself. But it, when it comes to a relationship with us, he's partial. <laughs> he's yes. partial in... He's partial in the sense that he's trying to find every single way that he can in order to save you, in order to save me. And that's the beauty of it. Like, it's true that he's impartial in the sense that he cannot look uh, to the side when we are sinning or when something's like happening in our lives or as our condition, not only as an action. But at, at the same time, I see that he's looking for a way to find you innocent. Uh, he's partial. He, he'll be like a judge that is like, hey, just accept this. I'm giving it to you. Like, just take take this uh, take this deal. But this deal is actually for good for you. It's actually mm. for blessing for you. It's actually to free you. And that's something that goes against logic, I guess. And now nowadays, and, and also because people want when people want justice, they said we want justice. They actually equate it to we want punishment for the person that is accused because he deserves that. And then we enter to a different realm of you. Uh, a guilty person deserving or not deserving uh, punishment or not. Sure, absolutely. And uh, that other realm, I think, is very relevant, Ruben, because God isn't, um, God is ultimately looking. There are, and here's an example. 
Um, there can be a parent who's like, I want the best thing for my child and maybe working and striving and planning and manipulating. And, uh, I'm thinking aunt Becky here, (laughs) uh, spending money, uh, with bribes to give the best future quote unquote for their children. Right. But is achieving an education based upon bribery, the best Mm -hmm. thing for your, your development? Mm -hmm. No. Um, Mm -hmm. God isn't just using, abusing his authority to say, shut up devil. No one likes you anyway. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Here you go. Grace. Mm-hmm. Go, go kill some, go do some genocide. It doesn't matter. You know, go, go fix this election. Go oppress minorities. That's fine. You're in grace. I'll, I'll change society later. That's not what God's doing here. God sees, but here's the thing. He rebukes the accuser with the line. I rebuke thee, Satan. He declares a separate reality from the present. Doesn't he Reuben? This man is guilty. God declares him innocent. And that's something he wants to do. And I believe him doing that can be consistent with his care for everyone else on the planet in the environment. But but here's the thing as well. Like in that in that declaration that you say that changes reality. Uh, he's not bending the rules of uh, uh, of the law, you know. He's not bending the law. He's actually <laughs> actually fulfilling the the law in the sense that okay, someone has to pay for this. Someone has to pay for for this. And uh, in in this sense, I like how it ends the 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 verse. It says, "And the angel of the Lord stood by," mm. you know, because uh, the angel of the Lord uh, is a symbol, a beautiful symbol in Old Testament of of the the person of Jesus Christ mm. and, and Jesus being there for Joshua, like saying like, Hey, don't worry. I mean, someone's got to pay it. Yes. But don't worry. I, I, I got you, you know, and, and okay. in the judgment, in the judgment uh, that we see in this scene of, of Zechariah, there is also the, the payment uh, there because the angel of the Lord was, was staying there by, by, by Joshua saying like, I'm here, I'm here, mm. I'm here. So Zechariah three, raises issues that beg for an idea of justice, of payment. They beg for that and just hints of what Jesus would do. Yeah. He's, that's, he stood by. That's he powerful. Stood by Joshua. Okay. Yeah, he stood by. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing too. Let's go to verse four now. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, Let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. In the American judgment justice system, and likely even in the ancient Near East justice system, the the judgment will be something done as a pinnacle of something that was built up upon and then reality would be defined by that judgment and then reality would be changed by that judgment. However, that would be the end of it, really, unless there was another crime, right? Unless there was a repetition, unless there was an appeal. The judge is done with you. But it seems here that the judge 
guys, God judges us. He's not simply declaring from afar, this is how it is because of what you've done. He also says, this is how it can be and is intimately involved in our transformation. So that that statement of innocence is a prophecy, both of payment and justice, but also of a reality he will make true in us. So that judgment mm-hmm. is not just a time of distant assessment, but instead a time of intimate transformation. Mm-hmm. So that if you hear, hey, God is judging you, our God is working right now in an act of judgment. He's begun doing so from this time at this year in this state, and he's going to continue to do so until this basic uh, event has occurred. Then right after he comes, we can say, wait a minute. That means right now he is trying to find me innocent and he's trying mm-hmm. to make me innocent and that he's here to help me in the process. Mm. And and he's for us. I mean, uh, yes. I, I guess that that's my moment of clarity in order to wrap this conversation. Uh, I feel that my moment of clarity comes that uh, he's not also also declaring you as innocent. He's also in the whole process transforming you as an innocent person. And it's a it's an ongoing process. I like the the turban uh, on his head. Like it's a mm. a really expensive piece of clothing, mm. uh, giving you not only worthiness, giving you like a value, quote unquote, in society. But that's what God is doing, uh, giving you a value, not for the things that you have, but for the things that he provides to you. I like mm. the, the way how it's expressed. Like, it's beautiful. It says, like, I am removing your iniquity. I mm. am giving you the clothing. And sometimes we think it's all about us. It's all about us. I'm me giving, me taking away my addictions, me taking away my problems mm. and trying to solve them myself, or me trying to fix my clothes, my rag, my ragged clothes and and no, no, no. It's always been about him in in the judgment setting, not even in the in the only like create God as creator or God as sustainer, or God as redeemer, God as a judge provides for you. That's a that's a uh, an idea that sometimes we we don't connect. But here in the in this uh, in these verses in this chapter, we 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 see a God that by judging he transforms. Mm. And this this corrective passage when we look again at all the other pastors speaking of judgment, it really helps temper them, Reuben, and help us understand more that that been at the heart of them that we did not catch before because of that, that lens of negativity of a false view of God's character that has been shaping how we think and live. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and, and that's, that's exactly what it is. You know, like yeah. uh, t- two episodes or some episodes ago, we, we refer that your day by day it's affected by your image of God. I mean, it's influenced, like heavily influenced. And we need to be really mindful of who God is, especially when he judges you. That's something that we want to want, like uh, David expressed in, in the Psalm that we mentioned in the beginning. Mm. So God is not seeking to condemn us, but he's seeking to vindicate us. He's seeking to find us Guilty, or uh, innocent, innocent. <laughs> Oopsie. Yep. He's seeking to find us innocent, man. And so I invite you to read that same uh, psalm. Of, uh, read it now in the New King James Version or the NIV. And I think you're going to be pleased with what you guys read. Um, yeah, it says vindicate. It does. 
<laughs> it does. All right, man. Um, I think that's all we have to say. Uh, there's a little benediction. Do you want to do it? or? No, that's all you, man. You're the benediction guy. Oh, boy. May you trust in the redeeming power of Jesus, his clean record, and his desire and ability to vindicate you. Awesome. Awesome. And you that are listening, if you're struggling with a like twisted uh, view of who God is, strongly encourage you to keep asking the Holy Spirit to guide you. Strongly encourage you to uh, like ask to be judged. And because that doesn't mean ask to be condemned or to be demeaned. The other way around is ask to get a, a really nice turban. You look really nice in a turban, believe me. <laughs> and 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 the and and the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus, he'll be with you. So that's awesome as well. Thank you, Rich, for bringing uh, this conversation, for leading it as well, bringing this uh, passage. Uh, now, you guys, uh, it's your turn. You can connect with us. We have social media. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. Also, we uh, I'm trying to be more involved in my own Twitter as well. Rich is always there. Uh, and if you want uh, any uh, topic suggestions to like pass it to us, we are there. Thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life for this episode. Please stay tuned for more every 15 days. We're doing it every 15 days. I'm Ruben. And I'm Rich. And this was Clarity.